With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. L-U-V, Madonna, Y-O-U.
And welcome everybody to Keep It Magic. Uh, I'm Storm Sestamani, and of course, uh, I'm the host of the show with Jackie Smith. And today we have a special guest host, uh, Dorothy Morrison, um, who will be on with us in just a minute. Let me get out all the pertinent um, information that you all need for this show, because we're definitely going to give you all our love today. We've got our pom-poms going. We've got everything, you know, to give you the love. And the goal of this show is try to not let it slide into softcore porn, <laughs> which it might actually happen when you start getting into Aphrodite. Um, uh, visit our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. Uh, also, at Coventry Creations, you can reach Jackie off the air and schedule a reading and a consultation with her. To reach Dorothy off the air, go to www.wickedwitchstudios.com. That's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. To reach me off the air, of course, go to psychicfriendsnow.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Keep It Magic. And also, um, you can fan us up on Facebook at either Coventry Creations or Keeping It Magic um, page. Follow us, fan us, whatever. You know, we like it. At the top of the BTR page, there's also... If you like the show, click that, and you will get updates on when the show is available and the upcoming uh, uh, show times and what our topic material is going to be. Ladies, it's going to be very, very interesting where this show is going to go today. Oh, I, I'm excited. I think we're going to have a little bit of fun here. It is. It is. Dorothy, how are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm always doing wonderful, especially, you know, when I'm uh, hanging out with love goddesses all weekend. Oh, you're so full of shit. Well, but you know what? We love you anyway. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if you were hanging out with them all weekend. I'm not sure who you were hanging out with because it wasn't me. And, you know, I'm a love goddess for my own right. <laughs> you just have the hair of a love goddess. <laughs> I do. I, I make sure I keep it that way. So did did you guys see Madonna at the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes, I did. Um it was it was a really good performance, and somebody's really going to rag on me for this, but I was a little concerned about her because when when she stumbled on that at that that bleacher, I thought, oh my God, is this going to be the end of the show? But by God, she was a trooper. She 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 managed it. I think we all worried at that moment. <laughs> yeah, we all worried. I thought she was going to fall off the back of it for a second, but you know, with grace, she just you know. That is when you know a professional. When something happens, you know, she stated uh, in an interview uh, yesterday that the heel, her heel on her boot, was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, was coming off. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it, it was coming off, and uh, she was having a little bit of an issue um, with with that particular heel. The other thing that they were uh, basically uh, stating that was was pretty interesting was that she now has the record Guinness Book of World Record costume change. Wow! Oh, with how many times she changed her costume during the show? Seven seconds. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah oh, I was amazed okay. at that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Now, what I thought was really, really interesting, especially, you know, when we talked on Friday, we knew that we were going to uh, to bring her up uh, today. Um, uh, and I'm actually going to go into a few other go- goddesses before we get to Aphrodite. But um, in many ways, Madonna is our modern um, version um, of, uh, of Aphrodite. 
And uh, one of the things I thought that was interesting right at the beginning when she was when they when her Roman gladiators were pulling her down the field and you know she stands up and you see this huge gold dress with this crown I was just like oh my God that's Aphrodite in flesh now she turned into Conan the Barbarian but <laughs> <laughs> at first it was like Aphrodite I mean all these gold colors. Um, which I will get into a little bit more with with Aphrodite as well, but I, I thought that it was really spectacular. Um, you know that the Queen of Pop, of course, you know, came out as a queen. Mm-hmm. I I kind of I looked at her as a cross between Aphrodite and um, a Valkyrie, kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crown is well, you know, Freya, the Norse goddess of love, was a Valkyrie. Yes, she was. She's mm-hmm. the mama of the Valkyries. Um. <clears throat> but uh, I was like, well, we, we mixed our pantheons here in the first shot of Madonna. Now, I'm not here to, to diss anything that Madonna did, but, you know, um, and and uh, I just like nitpicking and having fun. <laughs> it's well, okay well, well, you know, yeah, th- this was, it, I, I thought the whole thing was really interesting, too, because we had spoken about this on Friday. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I thought, Oh my! Is she going to be? Is she going to wind up being every one of the goddesses we talked about before the end of the evening? Before before half time, you know, half time's done. But but not quite. You know, you interestingly, now that you mention that, Dorothy, she went through a large series of goddesses. If you think about it, yep. Aphrodite, yep. Freya, Mary, at the mm-hmm. end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was she listening? I think she was listening to our show and our conversation. I think we started the whole thing. I'm I'm taking claim. I know we should we should. She was eavesdropping on our conversation because that's what people do on Friday. Apparently, <laughs> you know that's what billion dollar celebrities do on Fridays when they <laughs> right. they schedule in to listen to you know and our pre show conversation and change their whole show in 48 hours. Yes, oh, that's yeah. really what what. <laughs> We come down to as well. Damn, we're important, aren't we? We really are. Definitely. So I spent the whole weekend with, which all of you have my uh, cheat sheet, um, uh, with the love goddesses and gods. Meaning, meaning Dorothy and I, not the audience. Yeah, not the audience. (laughs) You You don't get the cheat sheet. Yeah, here's the cheat sheet. (laughs) This is just so we have a little flow map. (laughs) One of the things that I noticed as I was going through all of the goddesses, of course, starting in in, really far in antiquity, um, uh, with the earliest known uh, love goddesses, with um, Isis, Ishtar, and and, um, uh, Inanna, and Astarte. One of the things that you notice, as time progresses, you know, because I've got them in order of their, when they landed, basically. Um, As time progresses, do you notice how more morality kept getting involved with it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, the the more you know because uh, we became more civilized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we became more civilized. You know the <laughs> the uh, you know that there ended up being a lot of social codes in regards to this. And one of the things that I was thinking about in these in these very very early uh, groups, um, you know, especially with ISIS, um, and then when we get to the Assyrians, uh, Ishtar, Inanna, and Astarte. One of the things about those particular kingdoms is or or, or those particular areas is that they were part of the first four 
main civilizations, which were called the Great River Valley uh, civilizations. And basically what they were very concerned with at that particular point was just having enough food to live. They weren't really, uh, you know, it was about uh, building up a civilization. They're kind of like the prototypes of, uh, of, of eventual, you know, Greek civilization. But, uh, you know, it, it, they were very concerned about agriculture. They were very concerned about, you know, having enough food to eat. They did do a little bit of trade, but it was really, you know, the, the rulers of those particular kingdoms were much more concerned about, you know, is the Nile going to flood and all my people are going to be destroyed? Um, so it's interesting, as civilization occurs, of course, when we get into, in, in, into Aphrodite, um, and into Freya, you know, you start to begin to see, especially when you get to Freya, you start to begin to start to see the Christianization of uh, of these goddesses really begin to take effect to the point that there's an absolute split by the time that you get to Mary, because there's two Marys. There's Mary the Madonna and um, rather interesting, um, and Mary the Putana. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it, 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 and then you know even when you go into Aztec mythology, you know um, with uh, with their um, goddess. By the time that you get to the Aztec um, goddess of love, whose name is which I do not even know if I can pronounce it, but I think it's um, Lazlatiotl. Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, you know she is not only the goddess of love, but she is the goddess of licentiousness. Um, she was the goddess of filth sin, vice, and sexual misdeeds. However, interestingly, she was also a purification goddess who gave, forgave the sins of, uh, of disease, especially those caused by sex. And, of course, in my note, I said, oi, freaking they. <laughs> well, yes, but, you know, she had to, to, to forgive them because, by God, she was doing them. You've got to be the first one to forgive it if you're doing it. That's right. You, you mentioned something interesting, the, the um, storm. You, you said that you thought things had gotten more, more civilized by the time that we got into Freya. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about that because, you know, Freya slept around with everybody. Yeah, she, she slept with men. She, she slept with hug. giants. She slept with, with dwarves. Uh, you know, she probably slept with animals, but but who knows? But you know, she got that great necklace of her by sleeping with four dwarves. Yeah, but I'm not, not so sure that that uh, she, uh, you know, that it might have happened, you know, shortly after that. Well, the, the interesting thing with once you get to Norse mythology, um, Christianity had already been around for about a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by the time, to- so basically, that there is kind of a Christian moralization um, that seems to uh, to go on there. And the reason I say this is that there's one of the myths um, with Freya in which she has a huge, big, gigantic argument with Loki, in which he basically says, "Girlfriend, you cannot judge me because you haven't kept your vagina in your pants ever." <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, so there is this there is this very interesting thing as time goes on, in which this whole and, and it's where I'm going. You know, it, you're, you're definitely going to see where I'm going to go with this because of the fact that, especially when we get to Aphrodite, um, 
I really think that love has something to do with something vastly different than what it is that we tend to believe. And if I look at it astrologically, and I, I did a lot of thinking about my clients. I did a lot of thinking in regards to, um, uh, you know, just you know, 25 years of doing readings and, and, and listening to people in regards to their relationships and working with them magically and all of this other stuff. And what I found this weekend very strongly is that most people – are expressing their desire to, for relationships based upon lunar needs, which in astrology, of course, is the moon. Um, you know, it is the need for security, the need for foundation, the need for some form of sense of structure, um, the need for continuity, um, uh, the need for a home, all of these particular reasons. And the whole area of a woman being, especially a woman, being erotic has kind of gone out the window. Um, uh, now you're saying in today's world in, in, in today's society because most of the people now of course it's a little bit more free than it was a thousand years ago of course but you know because you know a woman can now at least be horny um, and buy tools that can facilitate her if um, um, you know a man is not available I did warn you all <laughs> <laughs> well, well, do, uh, do you think it's really changed or do you think our perception of what erotic is has changed I think our perception of what erotic has changed, and it's been superseded by by uh, security-based issues. Um, I, although, al- although it it depends on on which subculture you're viewing. Um, explain that. Okay, and <clears throat> if you are um, looking at, say, the Hispanic and the Brazilian and the Latino subculture the eroticism the sexuality is is equally as important as that the structure that you're talking about mm-hmm. um it's just part of their culture um that that sensual part of life is part of their culture but if you get into the homogenized white bread world of america we're going more for um more for that structure in in that that middle america part but then you know you so it all it depends on um, that subculture and, and uh, where that's going, but um, I, I think it's. But I think we're kind of full circling around a little bit about about love, at least in my world and the, the women that I know, um, who are finding a new level of eroticism in their life. And maybe because we're all turning forty, and we don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah, and, and exactly. <laughs> I think that has a lot 40. to do with it. Yeah, you become a little bit different now. Where I think that the interesting part, and we'll get to Aphrodite in a bit, but um, let's begin with Isis. Now, Jackie, don't we have an Isis candle, or did we did? I had an Isis candle in two different versions, and um, she is to me, she's the core goddess. She's the she's that thread that goes through every goddess. Mm-hmm. Every goddess has feminine wiles about her. Every goddess has a sense of some some sense of sensuality about them, even the warrior goddesses. Like for instance, um in um in the Yoruban tradition, Oya. Oya is the warrior goddess. Mm-hmm. But she her beauty rivals Oshun. And um so that she doesn't get along with the other goddesses cuz she's just as pretty. Um and she loves beauty and she loves um romance. She's Oshun stole her man. So um, that's why they don't get along so well. So, um, and, and then she doesn't get along with uh, Yamaya too well because Yamaya tricked her. 
um, into being the goddess of the underworld. Mm-hmm. So, um, but she's she is warrior and and beautiful and sensual all at the same time. And um, even when you look at um, Diana and um, Athena, they also have a, a type of sensuality about them, the beauty about them, etc. Even though that's not a major part of of their their makeup. But going back to Isis, she's that that feminine goddess energy, I think, that kind of runs through everything, that original archetype of goddess. Mm-hmm. So she's the goddess of 10,000 names. And um, I think sometimes um, as I read about her and as I read about other things associated with Isis here, associated with Isis there, it's like, oh, no, um, Isis isn't associated with them. They're associated with Isis. Isis give, gave mm-hmm. birth to them, so to speak. Yeah, well, she she is basically the first. Um, Dorothy, what do you think about Isis? You know, I I see her more as the goddess of fertility. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and when when you look at her as a love goddess, well, I guess that nobody loved as strongly or as deeply as as Isis did because you know, look at what happened in her life and what she did. You know, her brother kills her husband. Well, you know, she's devastated, but what she does is she thinks outside the box. She finds his body. She puts it back together. <laughs> and and then she uses that to impregnate herself <laughs> because she she had to have his child. And um, so, you know, this also makes her um, a goddess of the dead, I think. But a necrophiliac um, goddess. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But um, you know, I when when I use her in any kind of love stuff, I use her for um, impossible situations. Mm-hmm. Oh. Be- because I think she fits that that category very well. You know, she's also a goddess of magic. So um, y- you know. What, what, what I do, you know, there's always somebody who who wants some somebody to come back to them, and you know, and it's an impossible situation that they say, and so I send them to ISIS. That's a great way, of, and and that's a great way of using her, even with if you look at her story deeper, with Osiris, <clears throat> when you've lost your man, he's gone a wandering, and you need to collect him back to you. That would be a nice um, Isis would would be someone to work with on that as well. You see, I like I like what the two of you are doing with this because you're using um, uh, these goddesses in a very very alchemical sort of way. And one of the things that I um, very much question in regards to uh, to uh, much of of modern neopaganism and um, many of the their subsets. Um, is the fact that they it's like whatever deity that they um uh seem to revere in some form of way uh you know whether they, which most of them you know they love Diana um uh you know but the thing that you have to think about especially when you're doing love magic is that when you conjure up or start to have a relationship with a deity because you want to to improve your love life. If you go to Diana, Diana was a virgin goddess. 
Um, she didn't like men. She never married. Um, uh, she did have occasional liaisons with with women, um, uh, which is why you know she's like the um, uh, quintessential lesbian goddess. Um, uh, but, you know, when you go to her to try to get your man to open up to you or to try to improve your relationship, you know, she's going to say, sorry, no, stay virgin. You don't need to be owned by any man. Don't worry about it. You know, and then basically chaos can begin to erupt in, in, in regards to your life. And a lot of the things that I see magically, and, of course, you know, possibly this is because I have the benefit of being a Kabbalist, um, uh, and, you know, that I study mythology like crazy. Um, but a lot of times, you, you know, people are going to a, a severe, um, and I use that word loosely, love goddess or a goddess of eroticism to attempt to, uh, to do work on their husband to make their relationships better when they should be going probably to, I would even say probably even ISIS. I would go to ISIS if I wanted to, to improve my relationship way before I would go to Aphrodite. <laughs> well, you, you know, the, yeah. the thing about about Diana, because I want to go back to Diana a minute. Sure. I think I, I think that women go to Diana to, to get that, that man back because Diana is always uh, de- de- depicted as, as a moon goddess. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. even in the Victorian cameos, you I happen to, to collect antique cameos, okay, but you always know if it's a Diana cameo, because you will see the horn moon on her head. Mm-hmm. And, and women identify with the moon. The, the moon belongs to women, and so they think, because they've got that connection with, with, with Diana, that will work. The other thing about Diana, is, and I think this is true of all warrior goddesses, there is something extremely erotic about a woman who's a warrior but knows about love. Mm-hmm. And I think they 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 play on that. They just don't realize that Diana doesn't deal in their kind of love. Right. Yeah, she she doesn't. You know, she's yeah. she's when you and and it's why I you know, wonder if you want do puppy, they even you... go and look at the description of these deities because you know Diana was more the protector of children. She was more of that unconditional type of love than she mm-hmm. was. Um, uh, uh, you know, an erotic goddess. Well, yeah. If you want a puppy, then you go to Diana. Yeah. Yeah. If you want a. P- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's the. Um, <laughs> it, it's interesting. You, you, <laughs> you, you might not want that kind of puppy, but um, there's laws against uh, that. <laughs> but uh, but it's with. You got to look at the story. Look at the story of who you're bringing into your life. Look at the. And it's not just the goddesses of love or not just goddesses, it's the gods as well. I remember um, a long time ago when we all sat around in, in our in our witchling days, and um, <clears throat> you call them baby witches, and uh, we're like, okay, now everyone pick the deity that you're going to work with. And so we had the, the Farrar Book of Gods, Book of Goddesses out, uh-huh. picking our deities. And first of all, we're picking, we didn't even know that we're all picking like, Deities that don't work together. They're warring. Mm-hmm. And I remember I thought, I'm going to be Danu. I'm going to be the mother <laughs> goddess Danu of fertility and this and that. Don't you know I was everybody's mama from then on? Exactly. Everyone came to me. <laughs> well, 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 because when you align yourself with a particular deity, 
you you take on those those qualities. Those qualities begin mm-hmm. to work with them, and so those qualities be, begin to, to to shine through you. And I think this is and this is kind of off the subject, but I think this is true too. When when baby witches you know start to pick their craft names. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are particular figures in mythology that should never be be chosen for craft name because they had horrible, horrible things happen to them. And I have seen people align them themselves with you know with uh, certain deities yeah. that have had horrible things happen. You know, in in their, their love life, and the next thing you know, their marriage has has fallen apart. Right. You know, um, like Rhiannon. I don't know how many women I know chose the name Rhiannon. God love you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> or Phaedra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a bucket of crazy to me. So. Right. But then again, <laughs> Sorry, um, I don't Storm. know what deity hasn't. I don't know what deity hasn't um, doesn't have a a moral tale <laughs> struggle yeah. they had to get over, especially those Celtic ones. All of those Celtic ones, yeah, there's, which we will get into Freya in just a second. We're going to take a break real fast. Um, uh, if you want to talk to us, of course, you can call us at, um, what is the number? 760-539-3235. That's 760-539-3235. You're listening, of course, to Keep It Magic, sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. Do not touch that dial. We'll be back in a flash.
and we're giving a little bit of respect to the love goddesses of antiquity. Um, and, of course, we will be moving more into um, modern times here as we move forward. Of course, uh, go to our sponsor, www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. Or go to Dorothy's site, which is www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Again, that's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. At both sites, you can find tons and tons and tons and tons of love spells. So cruise on over there and spice up your love life by giving yourself, bringing a little light into your life by um, getting some candles and other materials to help foster any kind of love you want, whether it's erotic love or family love, unconditional love, you name it, we're all about love this month. Um, And it is also at Coventry, the month of Dorothy Morrison, which is why that she is going to be on the show with us this whole month, and we've got great shows um, lined up for you for the the whole entire month. So make sure that you continue um, to tune in. Of course, how you can get reminded very easily is that at the top of Blog Talk Radio, there is a like button. Click that like button, and in your email box, you will receive everything that you need to know about our future show. Speaking of Dorothy, uh, Dorothy, you wanted to talk a little bit about Ishtar. Um, she, of course, is the counterpart um, to Inanna and Astarte. And one thing that I want, want to, to mention um, before we, we get into her is that in the Mesopotamian Valley, um, it was a little bit different than in Egypt because of the fact that you had a bunch of little tribes that were running around, and they all seemed to have different names for the same goddess energy. So um, this Inanna, Astarte, Ishtar all seemed to be kind of like the same deity um, with minor, um, uh, minor changes. She was considered the force of life the goddess of fertility and sexuality. And um, here was the interesting thing, which um, I I, I want to bring up in a second, but she could also destroy fields and make um, Earth's creatures infertile. Um, She was also a war goddess and the guardian of prostitutes. Uh, Dorothy, what do you like about Ishtar? You know, uh, God, she was was a promiscuous little devil. (laughs) Uh, uh, Clearly. You know, she, well, yes, she she was. Um, you know, she was known for destroying her lovers. Mm-hmm. You know, she she okay, three of her lovers. You know, a lion, a stallion, and then you know there 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 was the shepherd. Um, she um, was the daughter and the consort of Anu. And the reason that, that she was a warrior goddess was because she felt like it was her marital duty to go with her husband on his military adventures. Um, you know, I think she um, she's all about love and sex in one big package. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I like that about her. You know, a lot of people. When they're they're working love magic, they they go, oh, you know, I'll use a pink candle, and that's lovely if all you want is that fluffy little romance. But if you're looking for something long term, you want that wild hot jungle sex with it. Yeah. And so so I think Ishtar is the one to go to with that, you know, so that you get all of it in one package. Uh, Jackie, what do you think about Ishtar? Um, I I haven't worked with 
Ishtar. Well, I've worked more with Astarte than Ishtar. Same name, different, <laughs> different Same tribe. different name. <laughs> yeah. And Astarte, um, she's, she, I loved working with her. She was one of our goddess candles. Mm-hmm. And I did love working with her because she's all about passion. And just like just like um uh Ishtar is. And creator, destroyer, um, morning star of heaven. I mean, it, it was um songs were were written to her and people just devoted themselves to her and, and I think that's that energy you're gonna get from the Inanna Ishtar Astarte energy is that you're gonna get somebody who's just gonna bow to you if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're just going to be so filled with passion, um, you're you're just gonna, all heads are going to turn into your direction. So, it's it's that um, um, you know what this reminds me of Cleome. It's that bitch goddess mm-hmm. energy that that all all heads turn to you because they just can't stand to not be with you. They're so you're like um, you're a magnetic. That's what the word is I'm looking for. You, you know, I get I, I'm tickled that you said that because <clears throat> Cleome. Was you know used to to be used by prostitutes to mm-hmm. to, to to increase their their business you know uh, you know it was like follow me everywhere and I uh, wasn't I'm not sure I'm correct on this so I'm going to ask you because you've worked with with Astarte a lot um, weren't her priestesses considered sacred prostitutes Yes mm-hmm. all yeah. of these all of these love goddesses. From um, Freya up, which Freya Aphrodite, um, Inanna, Ishtar, um, Astarte, Isis, all of their, um, all of their uh, priestesses were prostitutes. And well, okay, let's look at that na- that word again, though. Okay, they were considered prostitutes, um, but but again, there's a difference in that word. See, the the kings had to have a sacred marriage with the. Um, priestess of Astarte or he could not be king mm-hmm. or chief or leading his tribe if he wasn't a mar- if he didn't have a sacred marriage to Astarte which meant her priestess. Mm-hmm. So that happened a lot with these they had to have um a sacred rite. You know, they had to they had to be um sexual. Knubal. What is that word I'm looking at? Carnuba, but um uh help me storm. Well, what did Thank you. <laughs> What these um, the, probably the closer terms um, that we could probably use in in English, which were very very limited, because of course, you know, any woman that sells her services in the English speaking world, for the most part, are either one of two words: whore or prostitute. Okay. However, if you go into uh, to Japanese culture, there's the geisha. Um, there was actually a term in Greek which was called a hetera, um, which referred to a woman that was extremely educated, that was extremely cultured, that was extremely sophisticated. Um, and basically, these were the men, or these were who men sought out to have a companionship, quote-unquote, uh, relationship with, because oftentimes their marriages, their technical marriages, um, you know, to whoever their queen is or whoever, you, you know, their their wife is, uh, had more to do with bargaining rights, property rights, um, 
financial attributes than it necessarily did love. Um, just like the marriage of Zeus and Hera had nothing to do really with the fact that, that Zeus or Hera were in love with each other. Of course, you know, I, I think that Hera was quite mad for Zeus. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, in many ways, theirs was a, um, a set-up relationship, just like when we get that to Aphrodite, her relationship with Hephaestus. The reason why Zeus marries her off to Hephaestus has more to do with the fact that Zeus was afraid that with her being as beautiful as she was, if he didn't marry her off, she would cause chaos among all those gods. So he just said, okay, you take the ugly one. Um, uh, and and <laughs> off we ran with it. But one of the things that I'm seeing here, and I, I don't know if the two of you are starting to get it as well, is that until we start to get, you, you know, when we get to Mary, okay, you know, the Virgin Mary, all of the aspects of the full reign of spectrum of femininity, which I think even the, the modern New Age, um, which irritates me to no end, by the way, but the whole uh, the, the modern New Age movement and their obsession with Gaia, okay, and looking at her as, you know, uh, the fertility of the earth and, you know, the grass is going to grow and let's not pollute society and, uh, and you know, all, every little creature in nature is wonderful. What I noticed that they have done is that they have extremely sanitized um, uh, the savage nature of, uh, of, of raw, unbridled, uh, of the raw, unbridled femininity. And I think that that is just a highly Christianized version. Well, yes, we make it as comfortable as possible for ourselves as a society to accept it, and then, and then we dig deeper. So we're going to get the whitewashed, literally, version of it, um, and then as we dig deeper and dig deeper, then we because we're we're we have to re-earth, re-unearth, we have to unearth, reawaken these goddesses in our life because they have been sleeping. Their energy hasn't been mm-hmm. as potent. Um, hasn't been as worshipped, they're not um, as as virile of a thought form as we had in the past. But going back to some of this other stuff, this primal things, is that, you know, when we deal with our primal nature, love, food, which is also money, Mm -hmm. and safety, those are the three things we want to procreate, we want to eat, and we want to be safe while we do the two things before that. Mm -hmm. And and those those are the three things that we have to deal with to start to have a balanced life, mm-hmm. um, and that's where we, when we, when any one of those things are threatened, we go back to that primal nature, which is why, um, if you look at what the different love goddesses were from earlier, and their more primal nature, it's because that was a primal thing. We need to procreate. That was the point to have more babies, to continue the line, to have more children to hunt, more adults to hunt, and and harvest and all that stuff. You know, it, it, it's interesting, and and one of the things that I was thinking about as I was putting this together um, is that you know, in the in the modern today today world, which you know has that extremely sanitized version of of Gaia, who, by the way, if you go into the early Greek myths. Okay, the person that opens the passageway that allows Hades to come up and rape Persephone is Gaia. Um, uh, so there was a side of her that was very, uh, you know, her laws um, were, were very, um, at sometimes extremely savage. And I wonder if, um, because we're about to go into Aphrodite, um, I wonder. You keep promising. Yeah, yeah but you I'm do. trying to make sure that we don't get out our vibrators. 
about what oh, you did come for her. On. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, if you all start to hear, you know what happened. Um, the uh, is that the whole Aphrodisian um, uh, side of eroticism of um, romantic erotic love seems to have been missed. Uh, there seems to be missing at the moment because Aphrodite, she was vain. She was self-possessed. She was everything that was beautiful. Um, she was ill-tempered and easily offended. And when you ticked her off and you didn't invite her into your life or in, into your love life, she got the most revenge ever. Every single war in Greek culture was caused by Aphrodite. Um, everyone, the Trojan War, you name it, if they had a war, she was involved. Um, well, if you were married to, to somebody that ugly, wouldn't you be pissed off too and cause war? Yeah, but he did nothing but sit around and make her beautiful items. So I don't feel sorry. Well, I know that. that. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. She was a spoiled brat. Well, the interesting thing is that she she is an energy that does not necessarily involve romance. She involves lust. Um, a human irrational uh, longing in many ways. And, of course, you know, the latest version of Aphrodite on, on the Valentine's Day cards, you know, is an extremely, um, uh, w- you know, which is more sanitized and actually values monogamy, which Aphrodite did not, um, is an extremely Christianized version uh, uh, of Aphrodite. But I, my question to you, Dorothy, is, with her particular volatile type of energy, don't you think that part of the reason why people are having such difficulties with their love lives, why the divorce rate is so high, why the um, adultery rate is at an astronomical figure um, at this particular point is because they don't have a proper relationship with Aphrodite? You know, I, I think I think you're right. I, I think that, and the reason I think that people don't have a proper relationship with Aphrodite is because... Some of her strongest characteristics run against the grain of people's comfort levels. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know, if you want your partner to go all night long, you talk to Aphrodite. But people don't want to admit that that's what they want. And you know, they the the, the sanitized version of of Aphrodite comes from the fact that you know she she did things that really runs against the comfort zone of most people. And so they're a little afraid of her. You know, they, they, they think she's all about monogamy. And, you're, you know, you're right, you talked about that. You know, she, she wasn't. Um, she, she was about what made her feel beautiful and feel good. Mm-hmm. So in, in that end, that's the romantic end, is that that's because what you just said, Dorothy, is, what a lot of women decide that romance is. Mm-hmm. Romance is things that make them feel beautiful, make them feel valued and valuable, and make them feel amazing. That's what that's what that romance is. So, yeah, I can see how that's, that Aphrodite, because that's the instant gratification we look for in the beginning of a relationship. Yeah, she just wants to get off. She's, she's not interested in... Um, you know, and sitting around and you know making cupcakes or uh, anything of that nature. That's more of, of of Hera's domain. And Hera and Aphrodite, of course, are archetypal opposites. They're two sides of the same feminine, but they're quite Afro, you know um, uh, archetypal opposites. Um, one of the things that I think that, that that's an awfully big word. I'm just going to say that. 
archetypal. Archetypal opposites. Yeah, archetypal opposites. It well, like a hippopotamus. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they are. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that there is, you, you know, one of the interesting things, Jung felt, um, the Swiss psychiatrist, Jung, Carl Jung, um, he felt as though that Aphrodite, because her color was gold, um, she had golden hair and golden skin um, in her descriptions. Um, uh, where the, uh, you know, a lot of people like to put dark hair on her right now. I think it's because, you know, men kind of find, you, you know, in this day and age that there's kind of a split, you know, the blonde hair, blue-eyed, uh, uh, virginal, doesn't know, really know much. I blame, um, I blame Zoe Deschanel. It's okay. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> um, side of that is a little bit uh, trippy. And then, of course, you know, the dark brunette women, of course, were, uh, and especially the redheads, um, the rangas, um, are a little bit uh, more more erotic uh, in nature. Um, but, <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> well, basically, you know, the the thing with with Aphrodite is that she really has to do more with the self. She really has more to do with what a woman wants, what it is that she really values. Um, she also rules. She, you know, in, in the astrological pantheon. A lot of people, you know, will think about her ruling Libra quite frequently, but she also rules Libra or, or, or Taurus, which has to do with sensuality, the body, what pleases me, what is pleasurable, what it is that one values. And I think that the, the issue in regards to relationship in general um, is that the reason that we have them and the reason why Aphrodite is so potent is because it's really about us learning and discovering things about ourselves and and developing our own taste. And I'll be the first person to admit and raise my hand that says I do not have the best relationship with Aphrodite. Um, uh, uh, but no, um, me and Hera are good friends. <laughs> but um, but uh, this is a uh, this is a situation in which if you want to develop who you are as a woman, Aphrodite I think is the energy to go to. What do you think about you know, that? I I I think though if you're looking for a long term relationship, mm-hmm. you need to develop a relationship with Aphrodite. But you also, so, so that you keep that spark going, okay? Yeah. Because you've got to have that chemistry if you're in it for the long haul, okay? You also need to uh, develop a relationship with Hera. Yeah. You just keep the two apart, you, you know, yeah. so, so they don't, don't, don't fight with each other. But, but I think you need the qualities of both for the long haul. And, and really and truly... You know, you, you need to work on that that uh, relationship with Aphrodite Storm because she really is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my vibrator later. Um, uh, Jackie, what do you think about uh, uh, that split? Well, I love working with Aphrodite um, for self-esteem, to go, go and get what you want. Yeah. Um, then, then bringing it home. <clears throat> People tend to think that love... Is the the zing that you get in the beginning of the relationship? That's okay. chemistry. Love comes later. Love comes later when you know you're picking up socks, and that's and that's where Hera is 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 in the truer love versus the the um, um, aphrodisia quality. So, you know, you I go, go ahead, ahead, Jackie. I, no, know, I, I, I love kind, what you. Okay, <laughs> you know, I kind of look at Aphrodite like 
the the quintessential Southern belle. <laughs> you know, she's she's charming. She knows how to get what she wants. She gets what she wants. She tosses the 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 bringer of the gift aside and makes him look forward to that trip. Mm-hmm. True. That's exactly what she does. Yeah, yeah, because the you know, if you look at any form of of an an image, the reason why um Aphrodite has such a good time, you know, having sex is that the sex with Aphrodite is not about oh my god, he uh he um loves me. Um it has to do with oh my god, I want to have an orgasm. And I Yeah, he makes me feel good. We, if right. women really want to improve their relationships, if they want their man to make love to them more, screw him more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, throw him on the bed, ride him for three minutes, let him have his orgasm, and he will be more apt and more open to spending, you know, the 30 minutes <laughs> on a future well, occasion. But if you want your husband to make love to you more with that soft, sensual type of craving stuff, um, you know, screw him more. But, well, that's right. You know, don't don't miss a chance to hop in the shower with him either. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention, it's a little bit more sanitized and cleaner. Um. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Somehow I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> Um, let's get, let's get to, uh, I think we have time for one more before the break, and then I want to get into some uh, some setting up uh, relationship stuff. Let's go to Freya. Um, Freya, I think, is Gemma Jameson. <laughs> Gemma Jameson. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, she's, you know, this wild, I'll do anything, you know, that red hair flying everywhere um, uh, type of, uh, of goddess energy. She also reminds me of, she was a star in the 80s, Kitty Katane, she was in all the White Snake videos, had that big, huge, red mane, flowing, extremely erotic um, type of, uh, of, of energy about her. Um, let's talk about Freya. Um, she was very similar to Aphrodite. She's about a 1,000 years younger than Aphrodite. Um, the interesting thing that I found about her is that she had the right to claim half of the souls of the bravest warriors who died in battle. Um, well, see, and that, that's also, what gave her so much energy and so much passion. <laughs> she was also, Freya was also called upon to comfort those who were dying, which is where we actually get our modern-day hospice from, um, to ease their transition. Um, she was married to Ode, uh, who was a god that was transformed into a hideous sea monster. Um, but Freya stayed by his side. Um, uh, she had uncontrollable passions, and she strayed outside her marriage in ways Aphrodite could only imagine. Um, and uh, basically, the interesting thing about her is that you know she was just so wild. I mean, it was just a a, a crazy, interesting thing. But all these love goddesses were married to something hideous. That's interesting. Well, y- y- well you know what? What I I think it was. I don't think it was that you know anybody was so concerned they were going to wreak havoc, and that's why why you know they said, oh, you know, you take the ugly one. It's because they married someone who couldn't possibly outshine them. Mm-hmm. Just think about that for a minute. I also think that I think that it's 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 also even bigger than that. I think it's the whole Beauty and the Beast um, uh, uh, myth story. Um, I think that you know something that beautiful underneath it. What is the shadow of Aphrodite and 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 uh, and uh, Freya? You know something very very 
dark. Um, and they often, you know, I think that they're projecting that, that bestial side off onto who they're married to. Well, we all need a bad guy to blame. Yeah, exactly. That's why they yeah. like that boy. I mean, uh, Aries, you know, a 300-foot bestial god with hair and sweat and everything. And Aphrodite was crazy over this man. I would have been, no, you take a shower and have a Coke. You know, the... Uh, okay. yeah. something about, there's something about knowing that you're protected, knowing that um, the bad boy who um, who will fight for you, who will um, claim you and own you when you're when you need when you need to be weak. Yeah, um, it's not easy being as pretty as we are, Dorothy. I know it. Damn, I know it. What, Dorothy, what do you think of Freya? <laughs> you know, what do I, I, uh, I I I love Freya. Um, I you know I I love the 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 fact that 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 she she was a wild child but I also love the fact that she um you know comforted the the dying you know and and every time I I hear that the first thing I think of oh well she damn near screwed him to death and now she's got to revive him you know uh, <laughs> but love mythology, but you know I have my own twist on things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I love and it. You know, it, and you you look at her story, you know, and I and I mentioned but before about her sleeping with four dwarves, you know, so she could get that that great necklace. Um, you know, <clears throat> part of 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 what I love about that is it's like, uh huh, it's okay to embrace your sexuality because it brings you good things, even if it's emotional things. So I, you know, I, I, I agree think, with you, Dorothy. Yeah, and I, I, I think, think here's one of the things that I I think and then I'll let you finish your thought. Um I think that one of the uh the the difficulties in regards to a split in regards to, you know, modern women in Aphrodite and Freya. Aphrodite and Freya Freya knew how to use their wiles to get what they want. Aphrodite you know, Freya had her necklace. Aphrodite had her magic girdle, and that's all Aphrodite had to do was drop the girdle, and a man was mesmerized by her. Um, and I think that there is a strong lesson in regards to using that Cleome energy and using the feminine wiles um, in a way basically to uh, to get what one wants. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and today we think that's a bad thing. Okay? Yeah. You know, and I'm not suggesting that... That, that people in committed relationships sleep around. I'm not suggesting that anybody really sleep around because nowadays, you know, there are things out there that, that will kill you that a dust of penicillin won't, won't get rid of. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I do think that we, we do need to embrace our sexuality and, and embrace that, that passion. Uh, I think we've hidden it for for a very very long time because you know it's just there's certain things that society simply doesn't accept and and you know for whatever reason we care now after we hit fifty we don't care but, but, but don't tell okay. Jackie and I that no, I I'm, I'm just giving y'all something to, to look forward to huh. <laughs> Well, and and uh, I stopped caring what the judgment of others were at forty, and just wanted to do. I just I'm working on that one. <laughs> now, Freya, um, when I when I had um, the invoking the goddess candle of Freya, I made her the goddess of wisdom, and let me tell you why. She knew how to get what she wanted. Mm-hmm. 
I called on her for a lot of leadership issues. Um, I called on her to um, help me understand what to do, how to get, basically how to get what I want and, and what I need to do to get it. So she has a wisdom about it because she knew the price. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the other thing about Freya. She she willingly pays the price. She knows the price. And if she doesn't like it, she doesn't do it. Well, exactly. So she, she, she And she owns what she does. Yeah, it's it's it, she's definitely a very very interesting. We have to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the only dude we're going to talk about because we don't have time to talk about any other. <laughs> we're going to talk about Eros when we get back, and we're also going to teach you all how to create some relationships um, with these uh, gods and goddesses. You're listening to Keep It Magic. Do not touch that dial while we're on break. Of course, cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com and load yourself up on some love magic. Got me saying, 
Magic, and we're little bad girls here today on the air. Pick up the phone and give us a call. The number is 760-539-3235. Again, that's 760-539-3235. Check out CoventryCreations.com, our sponsor, and also cruise on over to www.wickedwitchstudios.com. That's Dorothy's site, of course, and she has a lot of little love goodies over there, so make sure that you go over there and give her a little, as Melanie Amaro said earlier, R-E-S-B-E-C-T, um, a little a bit of respect. Um, we're now going to cruise on over to our only dude that we have time to talk about. There are a few others, but, you know, the dude, not a, there are not as many dude gods of love as they are um, females by any means. Um, however, one little mentioning, there is a gay god of love whose name is Zoka Pili. Um, I'm making a big, huge altar for him. He was the flower prince, so... <laughs> I'm going to make a big old huge altar to him. Um, well, we need to invite him to the next um, Pride Day. Yeah, we just we'll talk about him on uh, Pride Day, of course, the Um uh, Let's talk about Eros. The interesting thing um, about Eros, and this is what you will find with all of the male deities, they always seem to be kind of like a messenger god in a sort of way in regards to whatever it is that their mother wanted. And in most cases, the gods of love were the children of the um, of the sons of the, uh, 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 or, or the goddesses of love. Um, and interestingly, like with Eros, if, if like for example, if you with his story with his eventual wife Psyche, um, basically what happened is that on the Earth plane, um, uh, Psyche's mother was running around and stating, um, "Oh, my daughter is the most beautiful thing ever that's ever been created on the planet. She was even more beautiful than the goddess Aphrodite." Well, of course, you know, up there in Olympus, this is what happened. Ding, 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 in Aphrodite's head, and she was like, "Oh, hell no!" <laughs> so what she did is she told her son, "I want you to go down there, and um, I'm going to make." Um, uh, Psyche's parents uh, uh, sacrifice her to a monster, and I want you to go down there, and I want you to prick Psyche with your with the arrow, and um, you know make her fall in love with this with this sea demon. So Eros goes down there and stuff like that. But unfortunately, what happened is that Eros is so blinded by Psyche's beauty, he pricks himself and falls madly um, in love with uh, with Psyche. The interesting thing with Eros is that Aphrodite. Um, she used him basically to create havoc and used him for revenge in many places. And he causes the bonds of love to form, often illicitly. <laughs> and, you know, his representation, according to Jung, is sexual power. Um, do, you work, do either of you work with Eros at all? You know, I don't. Um, I don't <clears throat> I've never had any reason to work with him you know one of the 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 problems that i have with eros is that he's also a god of mischief Mm -hmm. and when it comes to love i don't want mischief and mixed up in that i don't want any anything confused i i want things to run right on schedule as 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 much as they can with, with human beings and so i've always been a little afraid to uh, meddle with him very much for fear that that he was going to screw things up for me. 
I probably wouldn't use them either. Um, my reasoning for it is is that I don't necessarily. A lot of practitioners um, uh, of magic will work with separation types of spells. Um, I think if, and this is just my own opinion, your, both of your opinions may be different, but here is the thing. I think that if you have a couple, say, for example, you're the one that's having an affair with a man, or you're not even having an affair with a man, you just want him, I think that the, I just have an issue in regards to going in and fiddling with that. Okay. Oh, well, I don't Jackie, have an issue with that. that. I knew you wouldn't, Dorothy. Fiddling <laughs> <laughs> with, with somebody having an affair with the other person? Say, for example, you have a situation in which, um, uh, Jackie, I'll use you as an example. You're mad about Brad Pitt. You want Brad Pitt really, really bad. You've expanded your sphere of influence, and now Brad Pitt is your BFF. But the way to get to him is to break up him and Angelina. Now, of course, she has a little Freya in her, so she may get vast revenge. But um, <laughs> but would you, would you, if somebody came to you with that situation, would you be willing to do a separation spell, which I think would work, is how Eros would work wonderfully. You know, that's not how I... I mean, I, I know how to do it. I can do it. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen um, the ramifications of people doing that. I usually work in a different way with somebody, and we look at the karmic ties, and we help mm-hmm. them get over <clears throat> the whole thing and find somebody who is, who's better for them. That's how I work, um, just because I wouldn't want to do that. Although I think I might. I might. I don't have to think about this, but maybe if I wanted to spice some things up, call on Eros and Psyche together. To spice up my marriage. Well, her her name meant harmony. Um, well, like I said, call on. Harmony, yeah. So if he's going to bring, you know, sometimes a little mischief in the bedroom between two people can be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Role I playing. Mean, <laughs> calling on just, them together. Just leave the arrows can. in the other room. Because <laughs> <laughs> Psyche pricks herself too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. On one of his arrows, so um, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Dorothy, I want to go back to you real quick and just under what circumstances would you do a separation spell? Okay, to start with, I don't work magic for other people. Uh, I am extremely non-judgmental. Uh, what I have <laughs> learned over the years is that you can work with people and tell them. In, in fact, right now. Uh, I have somebody that, that, that I'm visiting with online who really wants this guy, and he's involved with, with somebody else. And so mm-hmm. I have already told her from from personal experience that he is probably not telling her the whole truth mm-hmm. and, you know, so on and so forth. However, she's not going to listen to me. Yeah. Because she, you know, because people who really want something think, oh, that's you. You know, She's in a very frenzy. Well, exactly, and and you know, and 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 the guy that 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 you wanted, you know, he was different. I know what I'm doing, and he's not gonna. You know, my my thing always is, if he'll do it with you, he'll do it to you. Okay, so oh no no no, <clears throat> she's not, a little arrow blind. Yeah, not not him. So what what I do is I'll tell them exactly what to do, but I'm washing my hands of it. They can do yeah. it. If they want to, absolutely. So, so, so you know, because because sometimes talking to people and trying to convince them otherwise is simply not going to work. They have to learn the hard way. People, um, people learn best if they have to pay for their lessons. True. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. I agree um, completely uh, there. I think that a great way in which I would actually consider working with somebody with some separation work would actually be if they were married to the individual and they just couldn't get up the gumption um, in regards to leaving a, a, a really difficult relationship. I think well, I, again, I would do something. I would make a different recommendation, which would be give me gumption, do, doing things yeah. that would, would um, increase their self-esteem and self-awareness. I'd give them Freya. Call on Freya. You want to get some self-esteem. Yeah, but go in with it with the right mindset because of Freya frenzy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what she would see is that she would see that that he's not not worth her time anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you know what what I – go ahead. I wouldn't I wouldn't go with her with the right mindset because then you might have to put up an altar to uh Flazel Teodal <laughs> to get rid of those sins and diseases. <laughs> that might that might occur. Let's talk about um developing relationships with uh these whatever god or goddess um love god or goddess that they want to work with um their own their own choices. Um uh Dorothy, how how do you suggest that people begin to create a relationship because one of the things that Jackie told me that I found very, very interesting and I remember uh, it just really st- struck in my head to the point that I wrote it in my um, uh, in, in my uh, magic book um, is that in order to, you can't just go to these particular goddesses and say, okay Aphrodite you know, I've never talked to your ass before but you know, now, I, now I need some spicing up in my relationship, come and help me and think that she's going to listen how do you um, suggest people go about making relationships with these deities? What, what I have found works well for, for me is, of course, you know, I've got a home office. <clears throat> so, so that, that yeah. And I spend an awful lot of time in it. So, you know, sometimes 12 hours a day. But, you know, if I decide that I want to work with a particular deity, I will, um, you know, grab a candle. I will put their their name on it, I will surround it with little things that I think they might like, that, that might entice them. I'll dress that, that candle with a, an, an attraction oil because I want them to, to be attracted to, to come and visit with me. I'll talk to them a little bit. I'll introduce myself. I'll talk to them a little bit, and then I'll go on about my business. So what I'm really doing is I'm inviting them to come to work with me. And, you know, and they talk to me, you know, during that. I, you know, I bring them in, in, into my life by literally bringing them into my home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's like I've invited them to tea. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, or invited them for, for coffee in my case. I, I uh, you know, think that that's a great way to... To do it, you know, I I realize that some people are extremely reverent uh, about things. You know, I'm not. They they need to know who I am, and I need to know who they are. And and then I can decide too. Do I want to work with them or not? Depending on what goes on that that particular day. Well, one of the things I love doing is first of all, you got to know their story. You need to know their story so you can um, understand what language they're going to talk to you in. For instance, um, um, and although she's not a love goddess, when I when I uh, was talking to Santa Muerte, when actually when she decided to start talking to me, I needed to know her stories because of the way she was talking to the me, me and the, the the way she was demanding things and stuff. I went, oh, 
I understand. I know your story. I know how to respond to you in that. I know how to work with you. Um, just like, um, and and so so many times, many people stop at the quick one word descriptions. Oh, she's the goddess of love, fertility, the hearth, blah blah blah. Well, go. Why is she a goddess of that? Mm-hmm. Because you might make your your own decision. So that's the first thing is is understand the story of the deity that you're talking to, and you're inviting the divine in, and find out what they like. <laughs> Give them things yeah. that they like. Like Freya loves um, amber. Burn some amber incense for her. Um, <clears throat> what and um, Aphrodite loves roses. She would. Mm-hmm. She loves roses. So they all love doves. All of the love goddesses were obsessed with doves. Every one of them. Hmm. Well, um, say, yeah, so now I learned something. something. I didn't know that. I wouldn't bring a dove in. I'm just saying they poop a lot. Yes, I do. A dove feather. <laughs> a, dove, a, a dove image. Yeah. Um, but bring them things that they like. Bring them offering because I have a theory is that if you want some the divine being to make changes in your life and your physical life, you got to give them some physical material to work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're asking them to create because it's different energies. You got different energies from from that divine realm to this realm. So you got to give them some some raw material, so to speak, that well, they know, enjoy. One, one One of the suggestions I would make is that when you are collecting those raw materials for them, also choose choose carefully. Choose Uh ones that that appeal to you as well because that creates a bond between the two of you. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I might even, you know, if if I was doing um, some work to to attract a love goddess or to develop a, a, a relationship with them. I might also even get some pomegranate juice um, and put it up on that altar. Um, all of the love goddesses loved apples and they loved pomegranates. Um, uh, and the reason being is that they are they are goddesses of fertility in many ways. You know, they make things happen, um, whether it be in a physical way or in, in a mental, uh, tangible way. Um so you know, if doing a uh, a uh, if you're doing a business spell to make more money, you may want to make a relationship with Aphrodite as well. She knew how to get what it is that she wanted. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and I think that a lot of us need to not be afraid of using our particular wiles um, uh, <laughs> in certain ways. Um, one of the things that calling upon the divine will help you with is to shore up those weaknesses that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're afraid to approach someone or if you don't feel beautiful or if you feel unworthy of love, um so that's what the divine is going to help you with. They're not going to they're going to help you with where you are from where you are moving forward versus just pulling you out of that place where you are and putting you someplace different. Like, you know, it's not Fantasy Island. You're not going to eat a gumdrop and then, you know, weigh 100 pounds less and have no acne. I think with working with, with any love goddess, though, one of the things that, that women ought to do is, for goodness sake, when you get up in the morning, if you're going to work with this goddess, put on your makeup. Yeah. You know, you know, you need to feel beautiful before you work with a love goddess. 
because mm-hmm. they were all beautiful. And Aphrodite had a um, uh, a particular powder um, that was, she was able to to put on herself that made herself, you know, completely irresistible um, uh, in many ways. So she had a lot of things going for her. She was not afraid to use any device: makeup, girdles, uh, bustiers, <laughs> uh, whips. <laughs> She was also a battle goddess. She liked to drink blood. Um, uh, you know that there's. Uh, she, she's much more than just you know the Valentine's Day card. Um, uh, and I think that you know we have to know the, the whole uh, spectrum when working with them. Jackie, how do you start to develop a relationship with them? Um, I talk to them, and I listen. This is one thing Dorothy and I were talking about this the other day is I listen for answers. They answer you, by the way. They all do, no matter how obscure or how much you think that, oh, this one, they'll never answer me. They all do. You're yeah, and just sometimes it's even something falling off the wall. Yeah. You know, sometimes um, it's not a voice in your head. Sometimes something literally happens, and it's an answer. It's not, It's almost never a voice in my head. It feels like a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a thought that came in. We're like, wow, where'd that thought come from? Or when you're talking to somebody, something comes out of your mouth or comes out of their mouth. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like, Dorothy, I loved what you said where you'll light the candle, you'll talk to them, invite them in, put the attraction oil on there, and then go about your business and and you give yourself time to receive the messages. Yeah. So, um So many times we don't listen for the message and we don't or we disbelieve it. I'm like, no, no, that can't be it. I just made that up. Well, yes, you might have, but but it's divine interaction at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and use... I think... Go ahead. We're going to use what? They're going to use your, your um, brain power. They're going to use what you know to talk to you. Exactly. Because if they start speaking Greek to me, I'm going to go, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Me too. Say, I think. don't great. Great. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I really do think that a lot of people, people get messages all all the time, and they always pass it off as a fleeting thought. You know, I think I think a lot of people who read the tarot get that, and when they're they're new, they pass it off as a fleeting thought. Instead of psychic intervention, and and I I think that that we need to get past that. Now you know if if your brain suddenly says turn left, and you know if you do that you're gonna you know take the car and roll off a cliff, then you need to to go. No, that was a fleeting thought, and just keep going straight. Okay, but but you know um, sometimes I you know I, I think that we that that we he, that we hear, but we don't actually listen, and mm-hmm. and and we need to do that when we're dealing with these deities. Mm-hmm. We um we had, there was a misspeak last weekend for Ricky from Higher Self. She says divine interaction. Then Cheryl laughs. She goes, "I meant divine intervention." I go, "No, I think divine interaction is a little more impo- little more poignant there, a little more yeah. on point, because it is divine interactions." Mm-hmm. Here are some interesting factoids that I think that both of you will like. 
the number one selling soap among women is Dove. And the number one selling chocolate among women is Dove. Interesting. Uh-huh. And that, if you that, look that at is. the particular, if you look at the advertisements for both, um, they're very much evoking that Aphrodisian, the Aphrodisian type of energy. Um, that, that uh, because they make you feel beauty, yeah. Interesting. Even if you're and eating that Dove chocolate, you're going to feel beautiful doing it. Well, and not only that, you're going to feel luxurious. Look at that, mm-hmm. that commercial and how the chocolate just kind of pours out, you know? And it's rich. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there's, and it doesn't just make you feel luxurious, it makes you feel cared for. And it tastes mm-hmm. good, too. And those would be great tools for people to put on their altars, you know, a bar of dust yeah. and uh, some uh, dove chocolate, and uh, it would be, it would definitely perk Aphrodite's interest. Well, before mm-hmm. we go, um, I wanted to talk about some, some quick things you can do with products. Oh, I don't know, maybe Coventry products. Um <gasps> <laughs> Maybe some Wicked Witch Mojo products. Um, in in the Coventry line, there's the Attraction Love Candle, which is just for that, for attracting. But if you combine, like, the Attraction Love and Happy Home and, say, Heart Candles, Happy Marriage. That's that's uh-huh. going to deepen your relationship. Love's Enchantment, that, one, that one's to make it a little more lusty in the bedroom on a committed relationship. Um in the affirmation line, there's the passion and the love, and then the soulmate, which is kind of just just to make that heart-to-heart connection with someone. So you can there's so many ways you can combine this, and then put dove chocolates around it. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then in the Wicked Witch Mojo line, we have the red stilettos, and we have the um, the come to mama. And, and then you have a couple other. Um, which one of your jar spells? You which think? one of your jar spells? Wicked, Wicked Witch <laughs> Studio. You know, I I would use Charmed Life because mm-hmm. Charmed Life is all about you know a, a happy home and sweet living. And um, you know what what I would would do with those candles is I would. <clears throat> After dressing them with oil, I'd sprinkle a little brown sugar on the top of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because that, that really sweetens things up. It really does. You know, I think brown sugar is one of the most overlooked magical ingredients on the planet. Nobody thinks oh. about using it in, in magic, but by God, it works. It's great. I'm and still we- trying to find a reason to use Clorox in magic. <laughs> you want to get somebody out of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have uh we have a lot of great shows that are coming up this month in uh in February. Um I'm stopping both of you from talking about too many products right now because you're gonna blow your entire wads for next week. Okay. Um which is love spells. <laughs> which is a blowing your wad is a love spell. There you go. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> and I promise I will not bring any seminautical fluid spells to the table. Um oh, come on. Uh, 
<laughs> but basically we have love spells, and then we have the astrology of love um, that is coming up, and then we're going to have a round table wrapping it up, bringing all three ingredients together, love spells, astrology, gods and goddesses, um, at the end of the month. Um, uh, Dorothy, of course, um, thank you for, for joining us. We're glad that you're going to be with us all month. You can reach George, Dorothy by going to www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Again, that's www.wickedwitchstudios.com or friend her up over on Facebook. Um, to reach Jackie off the air, of course, go to CoventryCreations.com. I just want to give everybody a reminder. Jackie does do readings. I'm not the only person on the show that does psychic readings. Jackie does readings. Go to her and get yourself a reading www.coventrycreations.com where we have all the candles that you need in your life and we definitely, if you have a problem with love, romance, money, or anything else in between, we have a candle for that. To reach me off the air, of course, go to psychicfriendsnow.com. Make sure that you visit our website, keepitmagic.com, where all of our articles are up there. Plus, I have a love spell going up this week, so you all will definitely want to go and look at that. We had a great naughty show, ladies. It was Uh a great naughty show. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse as the month goes on. You know, imagine, you know, the the um, the wrap-up show is probably going to be a cross between magic and the Kindle porn book. You know, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and so that all of you feel great, uh, go get your bottles of Dove and your chocolate because you know what? You're sexy and you know it. And, Jackie, what do they need to do? They need to keep it magic. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.